Welcome to Rebel Parenting. I'm Ryan Dobson, your host. We are going to get into it. Um, I was talking to Kristen Chadwick today, who's producer K. People that are longtime listeners of the program um, will know producer K, who is no longer producing this program. COVID hit us pretty hard, and we weren't able to keep producer K. She's now producing five podcasts of her own. And I was talking to her today and she is teaching me so many things about podcasting. And I was like, oh my goodness, the student has become the teacher. And she replied, it just shows what a good teacher you are, which was so flattering. I couldn't even believe it. And I want you to know um, that Kristen started out as producer K, true, um, and produced all the way up through into 2020. Um, and I do want to tell you a little bit of the behind the scenes. She wasn't just producer K. She became partner K. Uh, Kristen knew as much about rebel parenting as I did. She knew and cared about the vision of this as much as, as Laura and I did and do. And it, it is, I just thought today, my goodness, I miss talking to her so much because I just value her opinion. She's so brilliant and so creative. And she has her own podcast called Holistic Hearts. You can find it on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere podcasts are found. I highly recommend it. It is called Holistic Hearts, and it's with our very own producer, Kay, who's partner, Kay, and it's Kristen Chadwick. I just want to start with that. I think um, I was thinking about gratitude. I was thinking today, I was just saying, Lord, let me be grateful. And I reached out to my very first therapist. I don't even know why I'm telling you this. Reached out to my very, I'm going to cut this out of the podcast for sure. I reached out to my very first therapist uh, last week just to say thank you. Man, I appreciate you. I don't know if people do that very often with uh, people like therapists. Maybe they do. Uh, it hadn't occurred to me. Um, but it does with my current one. I tell them regularly, like, man, you've really affected me. You've really impacted my life for the, for the better, and I'm, I'm better for it. Uh, and so I reached out to my very first therapist to say the same thing. And I wanted to do that with Kristen today. All right, let's dive into it. Uh, I was talking to my pastor, Glenn, last week. We were meeting, and I've had this, these thoughts that were rolling around in my head, and we were talking about parenting and encouraging kids. And it reminded me of this whole self-esteem movement, right? Like the participation trophy, the self-esteem thing where, you know, you just tell your kids they're the greatest all the time. And I think we have been tricked. I think we have been bamboozled and fooled into not complimenting our children, it's so funny. I talked to a number of people about this since then. And I talk about, man, you ever just see your kids and you're like, oh my goodness, they're so crazy amazing. They're so awesome. I can't even believe I get to be a dad. And, you know, I hang out with, with cool people and, you know, they'll be like, yeah, totally. And I'm like, I've been thinking like of new ways to tell my kids that. And there's this voice in the back of my head that's like, oh, you don't want to give them too big of a head. You don't want to make them prideful. And da -da -da -da. All these things. And whenever I talk about it with other people, they start nodding. And I'm like, do you feel that way too? And they're like, yeah, weird, right? And I thought, yes, it's weird. And so I'm not talking about fake praise. I'm not talking about being patronizing or talking down to our kids or our spouses. I want to talk about how it relates to our spouses too. But I want to constantly go back into the Bible. And I thought, how does the Lord feel about us? How does the Bible uh, feel about us? What does he say about us? And how can that shape how we talk to our kids? <clears throat> and yeah, okay, I'm going to dive into that, and then I want to get into some more things because I'm just so excited. Uh, Psalm, 
my computer is acting so crazy today, which means this is supposed to be a good show. So I uh, don't know if it's going to get recorded or not. Um, eh. Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. In Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Have you got to think about that. Fathers, don't frustrate your children. Don't make them angry. And I have had to think about that a lot. And so I want to talk about that in a minute. Um, Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. This is in Matthew uh, when the disciples were keeping kids away from Jesus. And he was like, what are you doing? And he rebuked them. Okay, he didn't just say, hey, let the kids come over here. He rebuked them publicly in front of everyone, making an example. Hey, why are you keeping kids away from me? These kids are going to inherit the kingdom of, of heaven. Let them come over here. It's public. It's very interesting. Um, in John, he's, uh, John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. In Psalms, again, in 103, it says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him his children. And I started thinking about this and every now and then I try to break down relationships into boss employee relationships because those are pretty concrete to men. And, and I, I wonder if it's this way with women too. And so if, if you feel differently about this, if you don't relate to it, please let me know. You can email me help at rebelparenting.org. Uh, you can go to rebelparenting.org and just hit comment section, comment section here, whatever you want. Uh, but let's dive into that. Cause I was thinking about compliments from bosses. Um, and how infrequent they are, because as, as I've delved into this topic, I've been asking more and more people that are working in the regular workforce, how often does your boss notice something you're doing well and point it out or point it out in front of other people? It's like virtually never. You can't say never because every now and then you meet someone's like, oh, yeah, that happened one time. And you're like, one time? Dang. Like, I'm 50. I've worked for so long. One time? Whoo, that's rough one time. And then you think about it too. What if you get complimented for something that you didn't do? Do you feel good? Are you excited? It just feels hollow. Like you don't even know me. You don't even know what I did. You don't see me. And if you've gone out of your way to do something at work and your boss notices it and not only says something to you, but he does it in front of other people, think about that feeling. I mean, comment in the section if it's ever happened and what it was like and that feeling of, oh my goodness, you saw me? I didn't know you knew who I was. Man, this corporation's so big. You saw what? That? You saw? I, I was trying hard on that. You, you, you noticed my effort. The feeling that that has, especially for a man, I really do want to implore this into women because our culture has told you and told us that if you compliment someone, they will use it against you. Like, here's what women are told. If you tell your husband that he's amazing and he's great, he'll turn into a lazy slob that doesn't do anything. Like, tell me that's not true. Tell me culturally that doesn't exist. That if you just tell your husband, my goodness, you go to work every day. Wow. I mean, it's so hard and I know what your boss is like and you know he's such a jerk and, and you still go back there and you do it day after day and we get insurance and roof over our head. Man, I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. I can guarantee there's a number of the people listening right now that they're feeling like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Ooh, that feels like, I don't know. Does it feel weak? Like you're losing power? I think culturally, that's what we're told. 
And yet, let's just go straight back to the boss employee. And and please, women that listen, tell me if you understand. I mean, I'm and I don't. Oh goodness, I can't believe I'm being so PC. Like, like I'm assuming that you're not in the workforce. You don't feel this way. I just say I don't understand the mind of women. Like we're built so differently in the brain up. Like both your halves work together, and mine only work one at a time. Like if you look at the brain mapping, uh, when one side's working, the other side's dark. And women are just complex and. I just need to know if you feel the same way when those things happen. But man, when a boss sees that, like you saw me and you cut, I want to do that a thousand more times. Like you think I'm working hard now, bro, you don't even know what you've done. Like you, you'll never get a better employee than when you notice something they've done that they didn't think you noticed and you praise them, not just to them, you do it in front of somebody else. Oh, baby. That's the kind of employee you're going to get. You're just going to get like this person that's the ride or die style employee. But you got to do that with your kids and you got to do it with your spouses. Like husbands, you got to do that to your wives too, right? Like the things that you just think are normal and natural. Like the older you are, you probably have more of those thoughts. It took a while for me to figure out what egalitarian relationships were and that Laura was equal with me. That when it says the two shall become one, it didn't say the two shall become president and vice president. She'll become superhero and sidekick, big guy, little buddy. It said the two shall become one. We are one. So I value that. And it did take some doing. I mean, she'd tell you that. It took some doing, right? Uh, but when someone sees me and notices me and compliments me and says, hey, you did a good job. like, And here's the truth. Laura really does. And she's been doing this for a long time. Um, I mean, really, she's been doing this for a long time. Thanking me for work. She, I can tell you this. Every single time we've ever gone out to eat, she thanks me. Every We've been married for... We've been together more than 16 years. She does it in front of the kids. By the way, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about a boss doing it in front of other people. When you praise your spouse, your partner, your husband, your wife, in front of your children, it's different than alone. When you praise your kids in front of their siblings and your spouse, it's different than when they're alone. If you do it in front of strangers and company, woo! I'm telling you. In fact, uh, I, I, I was watching a, a video by Wendy Gossett Jr. on YouTube, and she was talking about this. And I realized that would be one of Lincoln's love languages. And I went and told him a story about me complimenting him to, to my dad uh, and then to another person. Uh, I said, hey, I was talking about you because I was proud of you. And I was telling so-and-so what you did. And I'm telling you, the look, in, like, oh, like, you know, as a parent, when you're like, ooh, you, I, I loved you and you felt it. I loved you. You stinker. I loved you and you felt it. I finally did it. Like, especially in those teen years when they're just like, you know, the hormones have flooded and their brains are all over the place. They don't even know what they're feeling and they're all over the place. And you know, that kind of thing. When you, when you figure out you've learned a new kid love language, that's one of the greatest things as a parent. Cause my goodness, don't we fail at that all the time? Like you try to love their kid and they're like, eh, don't touch me. Like, or whatever it is. And those seasons, like sometimes they're super lovey and they want to, you know, get up and snuggle in bed and they want you to hold their hand and they want hugs all the time and sometimes they couldn't be touched, right? Who knows what's going on with a kid? Hormones and all the changes, things that go on with COVID and all the other things that are happening. So when you find that out, oh, isn't it great? Man. There is a scripture that Kristen has told me many, many times and I've forgotten it now. I'm super embarrassed. I thought she was going to text me. It's okay. Uh, and maybe it didn't go through because I'm on Do Not Disturb. Um, 
But it talks about that when the Lord thinks about us, he shakes with violent emotion. It's like he jumps up and down like, oh my goodness. And think about that, right? Think about that, especially in relation to what we were talking about last week. The studio's blazing here. We were talking about two weeks ago. Sorry, not last week. The wall fell down. Two weeks ago with uh, Nineveh, right? The Lord was like, my goodness, can't I love them? That's a people of 120,000. I don't even know their right hand from their left. I love those guys. They're my creation. You know, I was talking to someone that grew up in the family of a superstar. Uh, I don't want to give names because it's just, it would be so inappropriate and you know I wouldn't do that. I don't want to hint at, at the industry or, or whatever field. Um, and it was hard to grow up in that household. And so I just, we've known each other long enough to where I said, can I ask a super blunt question because I don't know how to ask it nicely? And he's like, whatever, dude. I'm like, did your parents tell you you weren't good at stuff? Like, you're so talented and you're so creative. Like, who told you that? And he was like, no, 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 I didn't say that. But we had a superstar in the household. And so you become a moon. Like, the superstar is the sun and the moons reflect the shine of the sun. Like, you, it was just, we knew who the star was. And, you know, when parents take credit for their kids' successes, you know, it kind of goes that way. And I was like, oh, wow, you know. And I was thinking, like, how did my dad do it? Like, how do I do that? I run a podcast and, you know, like we were talking with someone and like a week later they were like, wait, you're rebel parenting guys. And I was like, what? Like you think someone knows that and they don't. And you're like, yeah. I'm like, I've been listening to you forever. I didn't know that was you. And you're like, oh, hey. And we were talking about it. Like, how do you not eclipse your kids? Especially if you're the type A, like a lot of type A people listen to rebel parenting. If you're that type how do you not eclipse your kids? And we're talking about it. And it's in actually, it's in finding true joy in your kids. But then you got to tell them. And truthfully, this may not, may, I think this is where I started thinking about this concept. There's a weightlifting coach, an Olympic weightlifting coach named Diane Fu. Uh, I have a, 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 um, a digital file of one of her posters and correct form for proper Olympic weightlifting. And I was reading an article and she said, I stopped, what was it? She said, um, it was, she was talking about success. And she, this is what she said. If my value of self was in my success, oh, this is where it was, man, so great. If my value of self was in only my successes, I would truly find myself a failure because you peak at some point in lifting. I will only be so strong. And at some point I will be weaker and weaker and weaker. She goes, my success is in the success of my students because I will never grow tired of seeing their successes. It brings me great joy. I feel so, and it's, she's not taking credit for their success, but she gains joy and satisfaction from seeing her students she even said, I think it was even in there, beat her records. And I was like, whoa. And she said, I'll never run out of joy if that's where I find it. And it was like, wow, that is so cool. And, and here's the thing. People that have been listening a long time will know this. Those that don't, won't. And so I'll, you know, I'll hit it quickly. <clears throat> I'm adopted. And before Lincoln was born, I had never known another person I was biologically related to. At least I didn't know I met an uncle and I didn't know it. Aside from that, that's another story another day. Therefore, 
I had all these inner feelings that I didn't really know. I didn't have words for. I didn't have names for. But it was, will someone look like me? Is there someone out there that looks like me? Do we have the same teeth? Do we have the same smile? Do we like the same things? Do we have the same sense of humor? Is there someone like me out there? It's just a natural adoption thing. It's just how we feel. I've talked to tons of adopted kids. We have these feelings like, you know, when you see someone, you're like, whoa, I know whose kid is yours because you've seen the kid. And it's like, whoa, that's so crazy. When Lincoln was born, I was just so thrilled to have someone like, we're, you're me, be you, we're, we're the thing. Like, it was so crazy. And in my brokenness, I just wanted someone to be like me. And I wanted to be like someone. And accidentally, what I was doing was telling him, the only time I find value in you is when we're similar, when you like the thing I like. And I I wasn't doing that intentionally, but I certainly was doing it. And the effect was the same. And I had to learn to stop looking for me in him and just stop, start looking for him, Lincoln. Who are you? You're unique. God created you to be wonderful and fair. You're created in honor and glory. Who are you? And the more I started trying to find out who he was as an individual, I found all kinds of ways were so similar. I wasn't even looking. And he just gave me this amazing gift. But it was only when I was finding true joy, like, oh, my goodness, this kid. And, and I don't want to, like, I don't want to put him on a pedestal for you. But I got to tell you, he's an amazing kid. And I tell him, and it's not false. It doesn't work when it's false. And they don't, they don't feel it when it's false. They know when you're lying. They know when you don't know them. But when they've tried hard, and here's the thing. I'm not going to give you family secrets and, oh, this is where my kids are struggling. Blah, 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 blah. It's, not, it's not fair. But I know when they've overcome things. I know when they're trying hard. I know when they're stretching themselves. And you do too. And when those things happen, dive on them. Dive on them. In fact, that one I got from Jordan Peterson. I was watching him on YouTube and he was talking about that. When you see your kids stretching themselves, compliment them like crazy on that. That is so important. When they stretch themselves, when they, when they test themselves, when, when they go beyond their limits or, their, or whatever it is, or whatever they do, find it. Find what's unique and amazing about them and then tell them. And then do, think about that with your spouse, right? I'm telling you, culture is told... They've certainly told women. I'm sure they've told men and women. Like, there's that whole, like, back in the day trope, like, I told you I loved you when I married you. If it changes, I'll let you know. Like, men don't say I love you enough kind of thing. And that really exists like that anymore. I do think that it has been compounded into women's heads via culture that men are stupid, that you need to save them, and that if you tell them they're doing a good job, they'll turn into lazy slobs. And it's ruining relationships and marriages. It just is. It's ruining it. By the way, who wants to be married to someone that doesn't like them? You got to start learning to like your spouse. Do you like them? Do you want to be around them? If not, start telling yourself you do anyway. Tell yourself every night. Tell the Lord, make me like them. Make me want to hang out with them like crazy. Make me want to just be miss them when they're gone at work. And you can do, by the way, Kindness Challenge by Shanti Feldhan can help you do that. The Kindness Challenge will change your life in a month. In 30, 31 days, it'll change your life. You can do that for your spouse. I, I, I guarantee... I was going to say virtually, guarantee, I guarantee it will make you a better person. I can't say it will save your marriage. I guarantee it will make you better. And for the vast majority, it will improve your marriage in such a short amount of time. And it'll be hard, especially if you're hurt, especially if you're angry and you're hurt. It's be super hard, but it's just the right thing to do. If you're struggling with your kids, do it with them. 
I talked to a mom and she just looked at me and she goes, Ryan, I just hate my 16 year old so much right now. I hate him so much. And I was like, for sure. And you'd lay your life down for him this instant if required. And she was like, what? Of course. I'm like, exactly. You're just tired and you're sad and you thought it would be one way and it's a completely different way. And you wish it was different. Of course. And let's dive back into it. You love this kid. You bored this kid. You grew him in your womb for nine months or you adopted this kid, whichever you did, but you chose that and you went through that hard road to adopt and you did it. And you love that kid. How do we get back on that track? How do we get back on that train? You married that person for a reason, right? Remember why? But go run, I made a mistake. No, you didn't. Or you did, whatever. And you're going to live with it and we're going to do it and you're going to make it better and it's going to be amazing. And the story you're going to tell is going to be so sick. And you're going to call us and you're going to be like, can I be on all the stories we will tell? Because our story is super great. And I'll be like, absolutely, for sure. Man, here's, here's why. Because investing in the Lord will never... It's just the best, best investment you could ever make. My goodness, the best ever. Totally. Man. I'm telling you, it works. And here's why I know this works. For those that are newer listeners, how funny. For those that are newer listeners, I was a horrible parent. For like Lincoln's first eight years, like legit so bad, not, not like physically abusive, um, and completely a fear-based parenting structure, fear-based parenting style, very overbearing, very angry, based in fear, uh, had to go through a ton of therapy. I went with him. It was horrible and it fixed our relationship. I had two ways I could go dig in or get help right? What do you want in life? Like, what's your goal in life? Because digging in, man, you're not going anywhere. It's going to get worse. Worse sucks. It just sucks so bad. Worse sucks. Change is hard, but it's better. Man, and saying you're sorry or that you were wrong, I, that's, what, that's what our therapy was, of me apologizing. I'm so sorry. I was such a wretched parent. And by the way, it, it, people are like, oh yeah, but if I do that, they're going to throw it back in my face. Totally. And you were wrong. So what? apologize again. What is the Bible? Like, I'm going to, this is people, if by the way, you get sick of it, you're like, oh, stop talking about the Bible. Go listen to somebody else. Seven times 70. Just keep apologizing because you were wrong. It's okay. It's okay as long as you were wrong. Okay. Well, what are they going to let it go? Who cares? It doesn't matter. That's for the Lord to deal with, not you. Just do what the Lord tells you to do. What's he tell you to do? Apologize. Seven times 70. Let's keep doing it. Okay, Laura and I had a situation, and we'll tell about it someday. I know the stories we will tell, just not today. I apologize for it regularly. She gets triggered, and I'm like, oof, you're right. Who's got two thumbs and a horrible guy back in the day? This dude, for sure, me, right? Now, are there things that I don't want to apologize for today that I'm still bad at? Absolutely. My triggers, I don't apologize for those. I try to dig in and fight, and then we go to therapy. I'm like, oh, that's right. I was a jerk. Okay, now I got to start apologizing, and I hate it. But it's the right thing to do, and you'll fix your relationship. By the way, all you adults that have kids who have bad relationships with your parents, how easily could it be fixed that they call you and be like, I just realized I was so wrong. I am so sorry. Oh, my goodness. I feel terrible. The Lord has convicted me. You'd be like, what? Okay. Like, who wants to hear that? Me? Everybody. 
So do it with your kids. Do it with your spouse. I am so sorry. I just want you to know. It's the, it's the hardest thing to do. It is so hard to apologize and admit you're wrong. But man, it's good. It's so good. Oh, I thought I had another example and I was going to give it to you. What is it? Uh, who cares? It's been 25 minutes. Man, I love doing these. I love doing them. Atomic Mom's going to be back. She's out coaching volleyball in the snow. Poor girl. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. God bless. I will be back.